Radical. Welcome to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. Each week, join the gnarly Travis and Josiah as they provide insight into the print on demand industry and equip you with the totally tubular tools, advice, and strategies you need to achieve success and hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Now, on to this week's totally tubular show. Hey everybody, welcome to Print On Demand Cast. And once again, this is an episode where Travis and I are in the same place, Woo-hoo! recording together. Together. And this, my friends, if anything, what this does is just proves the fact that we need you really to go to printondemandcast.com slash shop, <laughs> buy a t-shirt because we really want to do an in-studio type feel, but it's going to take more funding in order to do that. Right. So please uh, avail yourselves of <laughs> of uh, that link. the shop. The link right there. there Printondemandcast.shop and we will forever appreciate you forever and ever so welcome to episode whatever this is 57 58 we're 50, not entirely too sure 50 something 50 something it's, <laughs> it's above 55 which means we're on the back half of uh the second year of front of the main cast yeah yeah we're getting there well with the front half of the front the half of the back half year. of the second year okay this is what happens when we're in person more banter <laughs> a lot more banter uh and an excessive amount of banner. So Travis has been here since like 6 45, 7 <laughs> o'clock. Uh, but we were busy just kind of talking life and, and catching up. We see each other digitally a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. and we also see each other at a poker table at least, you know, once a week or so. <laughs> so, but it's rare that we get to actually just sit down and kind of talk life and have good conversations. So that's yeah. what the majority of this night. Uh, has been about but travis it's good to have you here in person and it turns out that this mic that we invested in is actually doing a great much better yeah. than the old setup was yeah i mean um i'm sure there's a little echo or whatever sure. and um uh, but you know it is what it is and uh yeah it's good to be here with we had a really great conversation just hanging out before um not talking anything print on demand just talking yeah. you know life yeah. and, and stuff we and are actually up. friends yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it might shock you all to know, but that is the truth. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, we asked and we solicited you guys uh, to give us some five-star reviews. And we've gotten actually three more yeah. since the last time we shouted out a review. And so we wanted to take it uh, take this time before we go into the point of interest to kind of shout out a new review that we have. And so here we go, folks. We want to show you guys this week's review that we have from... Ohio State Donnie. Mm. I don't really know who that is, but thank you, Ohio State Donnie, right. uh, for taking the time to invest. He mm. says, I've learned a lot listening to these guys chat about print on demand. I highly recommend their show. I especially love their dad jokes, <laughs> of course. Makes me laugh, and it makes my day, especially when I'm working and hating every minute of it. <laughs> Let me tell you, uh, I, I, I sympathize with yes. you. Before I entered the the POD world and the entrepreneurship space, podcasts were my escape when I was doing the monotony of of day to day nine to five cubicle work. So I completely sympathize, and I'm so happy to know that we provide that same kind of escape. Um, he said, "The thoughts and ideas are my inspiration that keeps me pushing to continue my journey in the POD world. I only dream of one day being my own boss, quitting my job, and being interviewed by them." Thanks always. <coughs> Thanks always for sharing. Uh, well, Ohio State Donnie, thank you so much for listening. Uh, and we'd love to yeah. have you at some point on the show uh, at any point of your POD cast, yeah. or POD cast, <laughs> print on demand journey, um, <laughs> because we just want to hear from you what you're doing, what you've taken from the show, some tips, some tricks, whatever it is. We'd love to hear from you. And I believe episode 53 ish, I said that if someone gave us a five star review, we would give them a print-on-demand cash shirt. Boom, boom. So, Ohio, Ohio State Donnie, please, <coughs> please reach out to us, whether it's through email info at printondemandcast.com or whether it's through the Facebook group, whatever it is, reach out to us. Mm-hmm. Let me know what size of shirt you are and let me know what size, what shirt you like there at printondemandcast.com slash shop and we will send you a free shirt on us 
for uh, leaving the five-star review. Yeah, appreciate that, Dan. That's really awesome. And I'm glad that we can provide some levity in your, you know, <laughs> kind of monotonous, you know, job thing. And, and, yeah. and like you said, I mean, it's, you know, even even in print on demand, sometimes it's monotonous. You know, oh, you're, what, yeah, you're doing 100%. the same thing all, you know, 100%. yeah, you're doing the same thing over and over again. And, yeah. you know, it's nice to have, you know, some something in your ear kind of distract you a little bit sure. from, from kind sure. of that monotony. And, and yeah. so we appreciate that we can be that for you. Yeah, exactly. Like Travis said, there is a lot of monotony sometimes, even, you know, whether you're listing designs on, on a platform that you're selling or you're doing production yourself, I can't tell you how many times <laughs> I've pushed the print button on a printer uh, in my life and just repeat, rinse and repeating the process. So there is a lot of monotony going on. Uh, but yeah, Ohio State, Donnie, thank you so much for uh, leaving the review, for listening, and for being a fan, man. And so, uh, yeah, let us know what shirt size you wear and what shirt you want, and we'll get you hooked up for sure. Sweet. That's so awesome. With that, Travis, we're going to transition to this week's point of. Nope. <laughs> Point of weekly dad joke. <laughs> but nice try, though. <laughs> yeah. Live without a net, except for we're live to tape. Whether this is edited or not, we don't know. We like to be transparent with you guys anyway. So <laughs> we're going to take this back. We, I, How could I forget the weekly dad joke? Time for the weekly dad joke. So, Travis, do you know what you call an airplane full of bald people? Full of bald people? Yeah, hmm. bald people. I don't know. Receding airlines. <laughs> and that's this week's point of interest. I took a particular interest in that because, well, uh, male pattern baldness has not been kind to me. So I just decided to, you know. Uh, just own it. Just, shave it. Just whatever. Get just rid of it. bring that home. Or just you wear know? a hat all the yes. time, which I did anyway, which is probably why I'm in the situation that I am. But that's this week's weekly dad joke. So now, Travis, we are actually transitioning to this okay. week's point of interest. This is the point of interest. Please listen with your ear holes. Prepare for launch. So, Travis. We were trying to find something that we wanted to share that we felt would be interesting to people. Yeah. And, you know, we found a lot of stuff that we're like, well, that would actually make a good main event segment, or that would be actually a cool interview topic, or yeah. that would be something that we could actually do a deep dive into. And it's not so much a point of interest, but then we, we stumbled upon something called NFTs. What the hell is an NFT? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, full transparency. Yes. I, I feel like we, we spent probably 20 to 30 minutes just looking through data and like, like finding blogs and, and, yeah. and looking through things to try to understand NFTs. Um, and I think that we still are probably, we, I don't totally understand Man. it. Yeah. Kind of understand it. I have a, I have a basic grasp, but yeah. it, is, it is pretty on the front edge of cutting edge as far as like new things. And there's lots yeah. of verbiage. It, it's really crypto based. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't have an understanding of that world, then NFTs are super foreign, even right. more so than, than they are to even maybe someone that has the background. So yeah. Travis, NFT, what does NFT stand for? So an NFT is a non-fungible token. And mm -hmm. what, um, if you break that down, you know, a, a token is obviously it's like, it's a unit of something that's representing, value, uh, you know, right? some, yeah. some, yeah, some type of asset. And, and in this world, we're talking about digital assets. Sure. So it's some type of, some type of digital asset that, that that's the token part. Right. And then the non-fungible part. So if you break that down, fungible is not a mushroom in your backyard. I know. I, I, I was totally confused. It's actually just means exchangeable. So non-fungible means non-exchangeable. And so you have a non-exchangeable digital asset. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really interesting because I mean, if, if I were to explain an NFT to, you know, <laughs> with my limited understanding right now today to yeah. my wife who, you know, would have no idea what an NFT is, I would compare it to like a baseball card of old. Sure. You know, um, 
but but even there, the, the some of those um, some of those comparisons break down because right. there were hundreds of baseball cards of the same yeah. exact type. You know, yeah. you get a Tom Brady rookie card or whatever, or a, you know, a, you know, dare I say, like a, a Mickey Mantle, you right. know, Nolan Ryan, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. You know, all of these all these famous. There's hundreds of them, or I don't know how many there are, but there's <laughs> a lot of them produced. Yeah. But with NFTs, there's literally only one digital asset, and you say, well. Travis, Josiah, why can't I just screenshot it and then I have another one? <laughs> and and the whole idea of this is where the cryptocurrency part right. kind of jumps in, you right. know, because it it's on the blockchain. These NFTs are on the blockchain. And what the blockchain allows is for some type of digital signature right. that does not allow that NFT. It can be reproduced, but it won't have that same di digital signature. Sure. And so what that means is that it's not the original. So if, right. if you were to compare it again right. with, with art, yeah. the, there's only one Mona Lisa. Sure. You know, and people have photographed tons it. Of replicas. There's tons of replicas. You know, people have painted it, you know, yeah. and try to, you know, just reproduce that. But there's only one original. And if you're really, really, really good at understanding fine art, you can determine which one is the original versus which one is, you know, a fake. Mm -hmm. And and but what what the crypto part does is that it completely removes that ambiguity at all yeah. you don't have to determine that because the digital right. signature yeah. confirms sure. that this is the original sure. yeah. so so then you know this kind of to me begs the question is like well what the crap can you do with an nft like what why is it valuable you know what what, what can you do what are some of the things that make yeah. nfts sell for millions of dollars or tens of yeah. thousands of dollars i mean there's some crazy stuff happening mm -hmm. with nfts right? right like reselling is obviously a huge thing that people are doing with nfts mm -hmm. and if you look we're going to pull this up here real quick if you look at this right here uh i'm sharing my whole window which is not <laughs> what i meant to do i'm going to do it real quick so yeah i want to show you guys something specifically uh this right here what you're seeing right here this whole group of what they call crypto punks mm -hmm. uh, is an nft and there's each one of them, each one of them individually, right? An NFT ranging from a resale value of thirty thousand dollars to a hundred million dollars each. <laughs> That's crazy, which is absolutely insane to it me. So nuts. absolutely, absolutely crazy. You were talking about trying, you know, the blockchain is is, is what determines if it's authentic or inauthentic. And all mm -hmm. I can think of is Pawn Stars when people mm -hmm. go in with, yeah artifacts or pieces of art or hey i have abraham lincoln's original journal yeah and they oh he oh he always has a friend that's a special is a specialist in abraham lincoln journals <laughs> and he comes in and he can look with his micro you know mm -hmm. his magnifying glass and see the breaks in the ink and the handwriting all that kind of stuff well all of that is summarized in the blockchain when you're looking at yeah. something digitally that can prove yeah oh no this is a real thing or no someone just took this from online, put it in Photoshop, right. tried to recreate it or tried to make it their own. Yeah. This does not have a blockchain to it. Yeah. So I think the next question is like, well, how do you make money on them? And of course you, you alluded to it, you know, one way to make money is to resell them. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you can like, so if, in other words, if, if the rock, the rock Dwayne Johnson sure. created an NFT because of and and this is one of the the characteristics that makes them valuable is like who owned it before yeah and so if the rock had you know an nft or something he created something digital and he put it out there because the rock owned it it would inherently have value like sure. if me or you did something it'd be like no nobody ohio state donnie would jump on it though, yes he would <laughs> he would totally. five star review ohio state donnie you would buy our nfts that's right but he'd only pay like five bucks yeah, or something exactly <laughs> it'd buy us both a coffee maybe. yes <laughs> but so so that's one of the you know the 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 resale potential or who who has owned it can influence the resale potential but you can also take these nfts and this is this is where kind of my knowledge or my understanding really kind of breaks down but you can actually in a way license these things and so uh yeah you, you know captain kirk mm -hmm. william shatner yeah um william shatner actually basically put a bunch of nfts out there with him um you know, kind of in different, you know, poses from his past, sure. and, you know, as Captain Kirk, as different, you know, basically William Shatner yeah. trading cards. Yeah. And you can you see will. here, you know, six of 50, 23 of 50. So the yeah. limited edition 
NFT trading cards that he himself put out mm-hmm. there, which, which again, I guess is the intrinsic value is because he himself right. was able to do that. So, so if you were to reach a licensing agreement, let's say with someone mm-hmm. like a William Shatner or, right. or whatever to produce those NFTs, that's another way you could probably. Yeah. And, and I think, I think in this, in this particular case, um, you know, as we were doing research, I was, I was reading about how, William Shatner putting these out, he's actually getting a residual income right. from each time these are resold yeah. on, on the NFT secondary market. Or I, again, this is where my knowledge breaks down, right. you know, t- full transparency guys, we don't totally understand <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing. Not at all. Um, as a matter of fact, let's, let's show them one, one NFT <laughs> that actually sold that it- makes makes us saying we don't understand it all so clear. Yes. This, which you're about to watch, <laughs> sold for $6.6 million. Okay, take a look at this. See if you understand why. I don't. Here we go. I don't. $6.6 million, people. The, the Twitter? Okay, so people who are, list, who are just... Yeah, we'll, we'll play it again. We'll, we'll, get, we'll do some play-by-play, okay? So, <clears throat> there is what seems to be Donald Trump passed out in a truck, in a park uh, with a rainbow. But he's massive. But he's massive. And there's people walking by him, and a Twitter bird lands on him and does like a little clown. And there's all tweet. of these, like, there's he's basically, screens. he's naked. Yeah. And they're like written loser fat he's shit yeah. yeah he's graffitied you know all of these terrible things are written all over him <laughs> and there's people just walking by in the park just why there's a rainbow in the sky and yeah which makes little to no sense again we don't understand <laughs> how yeah. that's all i mean maybe in the height of a, of a divisive political climate which we've been in for years it mm-hmm. seems like but even at that that animation 6.6 million dollars i know it really does go to just show that we don't know <laughs> what's happening on. and and to be fair i you know i've heard a lot of people saying you know maybe you know there's a, obviously you know in every trend or in every type of you know uh new something new that's come on the scene some type of new digital something yeah there's there's kind of a, a you know, you have the early adopters and then you have, you know, you kind of go to the crest where, you know, everybody kind of gets on the wave and then it slowly over time kind of tapers off yeah. or whatever. And so we're in the early adopters phase sure. of NFTs for sure. Um, and so there are, of course, proponent or, or, or I'm sorry, um, people that come against that and say, well, you know, these people are throwing away money. It's not going to be worth that. But at the same time, the, the other side of that is that, you know, we are as a culture and as a people moving digitally. We are moving to digital yeah, in absolutely. in a huge wave. And, and I, I don't think anyone would necessarily deny that. And so it would make sense that in some way, shape or form that our art, our yeah. creations would also move. That. Yeah, they would yeah. reflect that. They would move digitally. And so there's some value there. Yeah. I don't know if it's 6 million or 100 million or, you know, <laughs> but there is some value there. And yeah. so these early adopters obviously are jumping all over this. Um, now, I I think <laughs> the next question is like, well, how can you get involved in this NFT right. thing? Right. And And to be frank, I don't have a whole lot of answers for you, yeah. but Josiah, I know we've done a little bit of research and we sure. can kind of give a little bit of insight into that. Sure. So there's, there's different places that you can, you can, you know, sell an NFT, mm-hmm. uh, different platforms like OpenSea, Mintable, Nifty, Nifty Gateway, which NFTs are also referred to as Nifties, which I think is a much, I like that name. <laughs> I, I sold the Nifty for $6.6 million. People think you're turning <laughs> tricks or you're a genius. We don't know. Uh, super Rare is on a Bitsky, Known Origin Foundation, so on and so mm-hmm. forth. So there's a lot of things that you can, uh, lots of platforms you can sell them on. Of course, each of them are have a crypto wallet that you have to create to get mm-hmm. the funds for this. Um, so, I mean, there, there's there's a whole process yeah, and uh, how you create it and how you sell it. And there's a lot of it that, uh, of course, we don't understand this. Like I said, we kind of discovered this whole thing. Yeah. So um, if you have a better understanding. Which you probably of, do. Of NFTs, <laughs> which it's a low bar. It so is. if you do so, 
you should shoot us an email, info at print on demand cast. Let us know if you've kind of been on the early adopter side of NFTs, maybe you sold some NFTs. I could think of someone like an RJ that might know more <laughs> about NFTs that maybe. maybe have gotten into that content. I'm just assuming RJ, I don't mean to put you on blast if you don't, but if you don't, then you failed me. But info at print on demand cast, uh, let us know. I mean, it, it's a definitely interesting and definitely a fascinating medium that things yeah. do seem to be moving to because I've seen uh, a number of big brands and big companies again, like you know, like I said on on last week's episode, or when I when I was interviewed, uh, I'm a huge professional wrestling fan, and the WWE is selling NFTs like mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's wild. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows uh, Gary V, um, yeah. and he's been he's been shouting it from the rooftops that this is the next you know biggest thing, and of course he's been right about a lot of things, you know, in the past. So. Um, you know, it's definitely something to not kind of sleep on and maybe yeah. invest some time in, in, in understanding them more time than we took. <laughs> and and obviously, you, you probably know about as much as you knew before you came into this yes. show. <laughs> yes. But it was something, again, it was a point of interest. Yeah. So if anything, maybe it's inspired to do some research on NFTs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if you're a graphic designer, if you have the ability to create digital art or whatever, might be something to look into again, or, you know, maybe it's, it's another way to make some money if you can do some licensing, but it is certainly interesting. And so that's why it was this week's point of interest. Mm-hmm. So Travis last week episode, well, this is episode 50 something, but 50 in episode something. 56, <laughs> uh, we interviewed, you interviewed myself. Yep. And so now for this episode, we're going to flip the script. We're going to turn the tables and we're going to go to this week's, main event this is the main event this week's main event is me now asking you Mm. the same questions that you asked me now you've had some time to gather your thoughts mm-hmm. and I was going off the cuff, which is perfectly fine. Uh, <laughs> but so uh, yeah, let's, let's dive into it, man. Before we get into the magic questions uh, again, a lot of this might be, if you've been a long time listener, maybe retread. In fact, I went back and listened to episode one today. Mm-hmm. After oh, I really? listened to ep- the latest episode where I was interviewed mm-hmm. and I went back to episode one and listened to it. And I was like, yeah, we did talk a lot about this because episode one was meet the hosts and we get a lot of backstory. So, Right. If you're a if you're a longtime listener, then you are familiar with this. But if you're new to this, if this is your first episode or your third episode, this will kind of give you some backstory. And I do yeah. encourage you to go back to listen to episode one because there's more in depth. Like we took the whole episode just to kind of introduce ourselves. But mm-hmm. we're going to uh, get down to <coughs> the nitty gritty with uh, Travis here. And the first question, of course, is how did you get started in print on demand? Uh, well. Um... You know, much like you, I uh, was, you know, I, I kind of was in ministry for a lot of years and yeah. did a lot of uh, worship leading and, mm-hmm. and, and was, you know, on staff at different churches. And that's actually what brought us out to Colorado. Um, and while I was here, um, I heard about Amazon. I heard about FBA. Sure. I heard about private label and I heard about retail arbitrage. And of course, um when you're in ministry, you don't make a whole lot of money. And so, you know, side hustle was kind of my, always my thing. And so I always had this kind of entrepreneurial bug where I would try to, you know, make a few bucks on the side. I had my realtor license at one point. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. So, So I mean, yeah. So I've done a lot of different things over the years to try to make an extra buck while I was doing ministry. And so one of the things that I was doing was FBA. I was, you know, going to the, um, you know, the Walgreens and hitting the clearance aisles and, you know, the Walmarts on my, you know, on my lunch hour or whatever, and on the way home. And, and I started this business as I was still on staff. And then very shortly after I started this, they let me go at that church. And so, um, as opposed to like, when you're in ministry, it's like, it's, it's, it's difficult to, to get another job in ministry. Um, you know, that, is kind of in the same vein or, or has the same, you know, skill sets, sure. re- sure. skill set requirements. Um, and so I didn't want to, I just moved up to Northern Colorado. I didn't want to move my family again. Um, so I just looked at my wife and I said, Hey, let's give this FBA thing a try. And of course we did. And that was the start of uh, our current business. So I was 
going to every Walmart, every Sam's Club, every, you know, Staples, you know, whatever you could figure out or whatever store there was, I was going there. Um, I started a couple um, private label brands, uh, imported things from China, put my own packaging on it. You know, um, I had, you know, pallets super tall in my garage. I had my, <laughs> we couldn't park in our garage because I had so many pallets full of yeah. private label products. Um, so, so fast forward, we, um, a couple years, I started a conference called the Rocky Mountain Reseller Conference. Went for three years. We had people from all over the country talking about how to sell on Amazon, how to do e-commerce, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the second year of that conference, I remember overhearing someone in like the bar or whatever, just sure. an after hours conversation talking yeah. about sublimating coffee mugs. And they were talking about how it was so easy. You could get an Epson printer and you could convert it to the sublimation dyes and um, you know, the, the presses were cheap. And at that time I had started on merch. I had a thousand, you know, plus designs of stuff that I was putting on merch and putting on t-shirts and it was doing well, you know, yeah. we were doing well with merch. And I thought, well, why can't I take those same designs, put them on coffee mugs and I can do it in my own basement, <laughs> which is where we were running the entire business out of, we were, you know, shipping hundreds and hundreds of, you know, products yeah. every week. Um, but I had experience with the private label creating listings for sure. Amazon. So sure. I would just take these, you know, these images, put them on coffee mugs, sell them. And that was really what got me started in print on demand. Um, just literally creating listings for, for Amazon. Eventually I, you know, branched out to eBay and to Etsy and, you know, started creating listings for those. We tried to make processes and all of that stuff. And um, as we grew, we continued to realize the things in our systems that were broken and um, continue to refine those and, and revamp things. I have, you know, several VAs, uh, virtual assistants that yeah. live outside of the U S that, you know, help us create these listings and we put processes in place. Um, and I say, we, it was originally, it was myself and my wife would help me. Now I've got an operations manager, um, that has taken that role and, and is really rolled with it. Her name's Amy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how I got my start in print on demand and, yeah. you know, it's just gone, gone gangbusters, <laughs> so, you know, a snowball there. effect. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so tell us about, I mean, I know you've talked about, you know, on the show, uh, you've gone kind of from uh, full on production to, well, I'm going to outsource yep. and back to full on production. So tell us about what your business is today and what you do today at make your mark design uh, and where things are at, you know, in yeah. your state. Yeah. So like you alluded to, we kind of pulled back, moved back, started, stopped production. I had yeah. a production facility, stopped production, started outsourcing. In fact, when we started this podcast, I was outsourcing everything. Yep. Um, and I had an opportunity to purchase a whole lot of equipment um, that could do a lot of print on demand. And in that process also obtain some, uh, basically a book of business yeah. for people that you know, that had print on demand sites and were selling on Amazon and other platforms that I just at, at the same time when I bought that, I got this book of business. So I immediately had clients. Um, so we took that on. And so today we have uh, six different printing methods. Uh, and you've heard me say this before, but we have embroidery, DTG, uh, laser engraving, UV printing, sublimation and vinyl. Um, and so we do some of that for multiple clients more for some, you know, some, uh, some don't sell any DTG, some sure. don't sell any UV, but others do. And so we have kind of a smattering, uh, with different, uh, different clients that sell different products, but we have the ability to do all of these different things. Yeah. And the cool thing about, you know, where we're at today is since we've moved into this space, um, you've heard me talk about this too. We did a lot of like markets this summer just to try to get out there in the community and, and be visible. And that has really, um, really been profitable for us. We've gotten a lot of business to business sales, yeah. you know, locally, um, just in the area, because, you know, if, it's not necessarily top of mind that I need t-shirts, but when I see the guy who does the t-shirts, yeah. I'm going to go get a business card, sure, sure. you know? And, and then when I do remember, you know, a week later, two weeks later, Oh yeah, that one guy from that market. And so they call me and, you know, and yeah. so we've gotten a lot of business. So we do, we we've really increased our local presence. Um, you know, we got on Google, which really yeah. has been very, very, I, I was surprised at how much business, and how many phone calls and 
emails and things like that, that it's actually generated. It, mm. it surprised me. So if, if you do have an actual facility, you're doing production, I would highly recommend um, that you get on Google Maps, you know, kind of claim your business, yeah. write out all the stuff, do some pictures, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, so that's where we're at today. We're fulfilling for many clients and we're also trying to do as much local uh, business as we possibly can. Yeah. So what does the future look like for you then as you kind of make plans? And, you know, the last episode we recorded together, you talked about your 3070 and the dryers coming in and, <coughs> you know, lots of expansion plans happening. But what does the future have in store uh, for your business? Yeah. And this is this is where I kind of, you know, I'll, I'll peel back the curtain a little bit and, and uh, uh, get real, I guess, with our audience. And <laughs> I, I think one of the things that I've realized is, um, cause I kind of came into this blind as far as like what we were getting into, um, you know, six different printing processes is a lot. Sure. It's a lot. And, and I think one of the things as I was at this conference for UV recently, um, it kind of solidified some of my th thinking process. Cause I'd already thought, well, which departments are making the most money? Sure. You know, how long does it take to do? one shirt, how long does it take to do, you know, embroider one hat? How long does it take to, and, and what are the profit margins, you right. know, therein? Um, and, and so I'd already been thinking along those along those lines. And I think when, um, I was at the UV Energize, uh, podcast or a podcast, <laughs> got podcasts. On the <laughs> um, it's because I'm on the most yeah. amazing podcast ever. That's right. <laughs> but when I was at the UV Energize, I was talking to uh, the founder of PDS equipment. And, um, is, it was, it was really cool. We just hung out, uh, at an event afterwards. I had probably 20, 30 minutes with this guy, just one-on-one. -on -one. And I, and he had told me that when they started PDS equipment, they sold hundreds of different printers hmm. and, and manufacturers and just all this stuff. And they quickly realized they couldn't service. They couldn't help all the customers with all of these different things because, some of their techs would be trained on this brand and some of their techs would be trained on this right. brand. And so in an, in an effort to become hyper-focused, they really pared down and now they only sell Amaki UV machines. That's all they do. Everyone in their you know team has incredible knowledge yeah. of the one product, the right. one stream that they um, you know, have, have specialized in. And so for me, I, I took, it, it kind of clicked. I, I think that that is the direction that we're going to move to. And I'm not saying we're going to, you know, scrap any of the printing methods like next sure. year. Cause I, I asked him a follow-up question. I said, when you decided that, how long did it take you to go from 200 different printers sure. to the Mamaki UV? Yeah. Right. And he said it took him 10 years. Oh my gosh. And, and so it, it kind of gave me hope, honestly. Sure. And I was like, okay, well, here I am. I'm in this place. I'm in your we're, one. <laughs> we're keep, yeah. I'm in your one. We're keeping the lights on with what we're doing. Right. So it's not like, you know, we're not in a crisis mode. We can continue to do this, but let's take strides towards narrowing our lane and focusing more on the things that are a going to be more profitable right. for our business. Because there's a, there's a difference between buying a thing for a dollar and selling it for ten versus buying a thing for five dollars and selling it for ten. You know, and so what are right. those things that have a greater profit margin? Right. And then and then the second thing. Um, I think that I realized was just the la the avoiding the headaches of having so many things and being kind of jack of all trades, sure. master of none. <laughs> and so yeah. if we can really dig in dial and dial like, in, yeah, yeah, if we can dial in those things that we can be really, really good at, how much better can we serve the customer in sure. that specific niche? No, sure, it's it's kind of like the I I've called it the in and out mentality, right? Mm. In and out's menu. It's three items <laughs> and some fries. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. But they crush at what's on their menu. Exactly. They are famous for a double-double or a triple, <coughs> animal mm -hmm. style, their fries. That's it. Like they don't they don't feel the need. I'm sure they've been told you should have chicken strips. Yes, of course they have. You should have <laughs> chicken nuggets. It's like, no, we do double-doubles. Yeah. And that's it. Because we've narrowed our lane into – this is what we do. And I think sometimes there's this idea of, well, to be a successful print shop, you have to offer all of, so the, things many of the things, right? 
or you're not going to make it. Mm -hmm. But the idea of, well, what if you just dialed in and got really super good at the one thing, (coughs) whether it's DTG, whether it's embroidery, which you and I can both attest (laughs) embroidery. it's, It's hard is you should probably just have that one process and just focus on that. It's crazy. Um, but no, I really, really, it's an awesome mindset. And I think something that for me, as you're talking, it kind of clicked um, because there is that idea of like, well, we have to offer everything. and I need right. 17 different print processes. But then again, <laughs> when you have that many, one of them is going to lack. Yeah. yeah. Right. So why not just pare down? And if it took those guys 10 years, uh, you're right. There is hope. Yeah, you can still do what you're doing, but eventually decide what that lane is. So I think I think that's awesome. Um, as we transition, we're going to go into what we call we ask all of our guests this, Travis, mm-hmm. this set of questions that we call the magic questions. Okay. So. The magic questions. I've, you know, I wanted to make a bumper mm-hmm. for magic questions different mm-hmm. than that one. Okay. You know that song from Greece that's like, those magic changes. Nope. Nope. Okay. Well, that's the wrong song. <laughs> Maybe it's the Broadway anyway. version, not no. the movie version. <laughs> <laughs> it was the wrong song reference anyway. Okay. So we could just cut that out. Probably not. Nope. But uh, <laughs> the song, This Magic Moment. This magic moment. Yes. Okay. I know that These one. These magic questions yeah i think that'd be a great bumper yeah we should make it happen you should we should i, I mean should. you should well yes all right well <laughs> you guys the listener don't give a shit about anything we just said <laughs> we're gonna go straight into the magic questions with travis all right so why did you choose your specific area of expertise <laughs> this is such a horrible question no i felt the, i felt the same way uh, it found me yes <laughs> that's exactly what i was gonna yeah. answer i mean i think um And I think this is true of a lot of businesses, you know, Mm -hmm. I think what happens is that you find so many things that don't work. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) That, that literally your expertise kind of finds you. And, um, I think that, you know, I got into e-commerce, so that's one piece of the puzzle, Sure. you know, retail arbitrage. How do you create a listing? How do you sell on Amazon? How do you send FBA products? How do you sell on Walmart? How do you sell on Etsy? Because all of these are different marketplaces. They have different rules and, 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 you know, the ways that you upload your products, all of these things. And, um, over time, having failed so many times (laughs) in each of these different places, I, I feel like my expertise is, uh, I would say my expertise is how do you organize you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of listings across multiple platforms in a way that you can actually do the business and know, okay, what is that thing that just sold? How do I find the art? How do I find the product? What is it on? What color is it? All of those things, like figuring all of that out in an organized way. I I feel like that is one area of expertise. I, I I will say, I will vouch for you. Just interrupt real quick. Your systems and your ability to create systems that make things like super simple so that mm. anybody off the street could be like oh yeah no that makes sense and i click this and go to the spreadsheet and there oh yeah, we're good uh, yeah we're good, whatever uh you outperform myself and jason in that a million times because <laughs> we are more of the like we'll make it happen and then and then retroactively we're like well shit (laughs) she probably organized this a little better you know and i think there's a balance between those two approaches i mean you do want to you know you want to have that minimum viable product the mvp you know but and and you don't want to like make it perfect before you put it out there but there is something to be said for being willing to take the pain of redoing everything when you're you know, at a hundred listings yeah. or 500 listings, you're like, Oh man, this isn't going to scale. You know, that I heard when I was in ministry, there was a, a youth minister that I used to follow. Mm-hmm. And uh, his name was Eric Lawson. If I don't know if anybody knows, he's got a church, I think in St. Louis now, mm-hmm. but he was a youth minister back in the day. And one of the things that stuck with me that, from one of his teachings, he was talking about, you know, building a youth ministry. And he was like, 
you always build for where you want to be, yeah. not for where you are. Yeah. You want to build yeah. for where you want to be. And I think that is an invaluable lesson that every person can take into business. And so I've t- really taken yeah. that to heart yep. in, in a lot of the things that I do. And I, I do think that I trip over that sometimes. Sure. Do, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it gets in the way of, of perhaps some other opportunity that I can have because I'm so, I really want to make sure the system is correct before I go sure. to that sales call or whatever. Um, but it's also saved me so much in just the pain of growing too big for my own good, yeah. you know, cause you know, you could keep going and keep, you know, anyway, I, I'll just say that, you know, the organization and the scaling, um, for where we're at, I, I feel like I've, I've got a good handle on that and how to, you know, that's, I would say that that's, an area of, of expertise. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think we've talked about this before on the podcast and even offline about how to anticipate growth, how to plan for where you want to be and not where you are. And that's right. something that we're experiencing at what for apparel is like planning for where we are is great, but when you exceed that, then you're scrambling. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then that can be just as detrimental yeah. as trying to perfect the systems and not actually taking action to where well, we we took action and now we don't have the systems. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, so tell us about a time when something happened in your business and, and you were gracious enough with me to talk about, uh, <laughs> allow me to speak on, you know, pre POD and, and, and POD now. So talk about something in the time that happened in your business that felt like a win. Like you were like, this is, I made it, I did it. Yes. Yes. And I think, I mean, this is, it's kind of a cheat, but um, Mm -hmm. I I think that when I started to sublimate the coffee mugs in my basement Mm. and I started um, putting those merch by Amazon designs on coffee mugs, creating the mock-ups, you know, and at that point I was using Printful's mock-ups, you know, just go in there and they they had, at that point it was free. Anybody could use it. I think now you have to like buy something or I don't know. Um, but at that time I was using that, um, and that first Christmas I was, you know, just selling so many coffee mugs and I probably <laughs> only had a couple hundred listings up there, right. you know, maybe two, three, 400 listings. And I was like, oh my gosh, this, this is like, and I, 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 I laugh at this now, but I, I called it poor man's private label. <laughs> no, yeah. No, that's exactly <laughs> because it. I didn't have to import the thing. Yeah, but it was I still yours. Yeah, it was still you mine. The and, and the beautiful thing was that I didn't have any inventory except for the blanks. Mm-hmm. You know, so none of this actually existed until I actually sold it. Right. And and so that was a huge win for me when I realized, oh my gosh, I've because I was still doing I, I had I had staff that were on my team that would go out and shop for me, you know, for retail arbitrage. Yeah. And so we were still trying to scale the retail arbitrage side of things um, and the online arbitrage side of things. We still were selling private label, but this little kind of, Hey, I wonder if we can do this idea really was a huge win. And when I saw that, it just, I, I really wanted to pour gasoline on that fire, Sure, you know, and it obviously, you know, has worked out and has brought me to where I am today. Yeah. It was kind um, of the proof of concept. Yes, exactly. And that was a, that was a huge win. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So as we know, there's two sides to every coin. So <laughs> we've gone on the head side, the win. Let's visit the tails. Tell us about a time when something happened in your business that felt like a failure. Yeah. I have a great story. And, and <laughs> again, I'm going to kind of cheat because this failure turned into a really awesome like it, it ended up being really awesome, but sure. it was, it was, it was, det- it was like painful at the time. So I um, was sourcing a private label product and I had uh, a, a, a kind of a, a wide span, like a bunch of different private label products in this particular uh, niche, if you will. And so I had several of these things and um, I, I found one and I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be killer and I can get it for this and yeah. I can ship it for this and whatever. And when I finally sourced it and brought it over and got it on the boat and shipped it over, um, I, I had it and I was getting ready to send it into Amazon. And I realized this is an oversized product. And for those of you who don't know about FBA, for those of you who don't know that FBA, 
they have a standard size and it's, you know, I, I'm not going to go into all the details, but there's a standard size and then there's an oversize and the oversize costs a lot more for pick and pack <laughs> and all the fees because yeah. it's oversized. Right. Yeah. And, and I was like, Oh my gosh, what? I didn't factor that in. Oh my gosh, I can't sell it for, cause I was going to sell it for, I think like $22 or $24 or something like that. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm not going to make any money. This is terrible. I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, I'll, I'll still make some money, but not, not near yeah, not for the work. Married. That I, yeah. The idea. Exactly. To, yeah. Yep. And so I, I don't know. I, I, I might've only wanted to sell for 1999. I don't remember, but I ended up listing it for 3299 and just crossed my fingers. And I'll tell you, that is my best selling product that I've ever imported as a private label seller. Oh, wow. And, and I've sold the crap out of that product. I've brought over containers of just that product. I'm still selling that product today yeah. and it's 3299 and it sells like, gangbusters all the time. And, and I can't, I, I don't even have any more of it. I have to like, uh, because of the shipping delays and all that stuff, I won't go to get into, but right now the China Chinese to America shipping lanes are just, they've tripled. Yeah, they're, they're crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So I've not imported anymore and I've recently sold out of that particular product. Still have some of the other products in that same line. Um, but it, it actually turned out to be awesome. But at the time I was crushed because I'd spent <laughs> thousands of dollars getting this thing over here and thousands of dollars in actual product. It's sitting in my garage and I'm getting ready to ship it. And not only does it cost more for Amazon to fulfill, it costs more for me to just get it to right, Amazon. Right. So it was. So at the time you're like, I'm hemorrhaging money. Yes. <laughs> this, I'm just, this is, this is the end. I knew I'd make a mistake eventually <laughs> and I just did it. You know, this was the iceberg. that sunk. The but it down. ended up turning out to be, you know, uh, because I didn't really, my back was against the wall. I had to price it at what I priced it at. And I mean, that thing still had incredible profit margins at that price. Actually, I think I started selling it at 25 mm. and then I just, you know, and then it was 27. Incremental. Then it was 29. And eventually I kind of landed on that 20 or 32 99. And I'm like, this is still selling. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm making really good money Keep now. I was really Keep happy. Rolling. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. So, uh, so going back to, to a POD uh, side of things, if you had to offer one print on demand tip to someone that's just listening, they're just starting out, hmm. maybe they signed up for the merch by Amazon account or they're wanting to go on Etsy or have Printful fulfill or whatever. What would be one tip that if you could go back in time and talk to the Travis in his basement, converting <laughs> that Epson printer to dye coffee mugs, what would that one tip be? Um, and I, I think this is probably a given, but because um, I would have said earlier, I think I would go back and tell him to organize his designs yeah. and, and really lay it all out um, in a, a very organized way to where you can scale. Um, that's not to say, I mean, if I'm going to take it back even further, I would, I would say, you know, the basic, I think the basic advice I would give is like, don't treat this as a side hustle, treat this as a, as a business, yeah. treat it like, you know, that, that this is going to be your, you know, livelihood in 10 years. Yeah. Um, and, and that doesn't mean that you have to put eight hours in a day. It just means sure. like, get your freaking you know, uh, EIN number, you know, and like right, register yeah, with yeah. the state yeah. and get a business checking account and some of that stuff. But then from there, I would say, um, organize your business, you know, plan for the future and, and, and get all of that, particularly in print on demand. You know, we have all of these art files and we have all of these pieces of art that are going yeah. on all of these different products, which means that you have all of these different SKUs. And so what SKU coordinates with this print file and, this skew also means that it's a black, large t-shirt and, you know, organize your skews in yeah. such a way that it, you can look at a skew and you can go, Oh, I know what that is. You know, those types of things. I think I did not uh, originally when I was creating these coffee mugs, Amazon will assign you a skew. Sure. If you don't, if you don't put it in, they'll just give you yeah. one. And, um, and I think that's, you know, that's short-sighted. I mean, it's not, it's not any fault of mine. I still have a lot of those that sure. I've now, uh, they're on my chart, you know, but I can't look at those SKUs and know what they are. The ones that we've created in the last few years, since we've, you know, implemented some of these systems, I can tell what they are. Yeah. And so that's, I think I would say, Hey, get organized, you know, first treat it like a business, then get organized. 
um, because that's kind of treating it like a business. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> you know, the, the old idiom is dress for the job you want. Well, plan for mm. the business you want, right? Like, like set that foundation before you build the house, make sure that foundation is big enough yeah. or appropriate enough for the house that you're wanting to build on top of it. Right. Which again, kind of harkens back to the like, you know, anticipating where you want to be and, and making sure that mm-hmm. you can feel, you can facilitate the place you want to be in yeah. a year, two years, three years, whatever. Right. Um, so, you know, you've had a lot of, you know, we talked about RMRC, we talked about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about the idea of, of facilitating a print on demand cast type get together function, whatever. Yeah. So, so because of that, because, <coughs> because you've been in those spaces, um, you've had a lot of opportunity to kind of rub shoulders, get to know people who are in mm. the same space. Maybe, of course, you know, there's a saying that if you want to be successful, you surround yourself with people who are better than you at what right. you're doing. Mm-hmm. So given all of that throughout your career, how important has mentoring relationships and training been to you as you've been going forward? And I guess, I guess we can kind of group these next two questions together, you know, mentoring and who do you look up to in that print on demand world? Who's kind of your Yoda to your Luke Skywalker (laughs) as you've been, you know, trudging this journey in print on demand? Um, I think as I, as I look back and as I think about like my journey through e-commerce and then into the POD space, um, I I think we're in a unique time and in where we have so many resources with social media these days that um, you don't need to necessarily just pick one. Um, and so I will like the answer to your first question, who has been or, or not who, but like how important have those mentoring relationships been? They've been invaluable. Sure. I mean, the whole reason we started the Rocky Mountain Reseller Conference was so we could rub elbows with some of these people who were doing what yeah. we wanted to do sure. in the Amazon space. Yeah. And they were doing it really well. Yep. And and so being in these and, and you know, I'm. <laughs> Facebook has been invaluable to my business. Mm. Now, to be fair, there are people on Facebook um, who don't necessarily know what they're talking about. But you, can, <laughs> but overall, you can find a lot of really good information in these different Facebook groups, depending on your interests. And and it's been, I would say, like if if I had to name one mentor, I don't think I could. Sure, but I could say there's a ton of different people that I have learned some piece of my business that I'm, I'm actually implementing now. I'm actually like I've taken on as my own, you know, as, as a part of my own business. And it's been from reading threads in Facebook groups. It's, it's, I mean, I'm literally in, you know, hundreds of Facebook groups, everything. Are you a Facebook group whore? I may be, (laughs) but I am in, I am in DTG groups. I am in UV groups. I am in laser groups. I'm in embroidery groups. And, and I learn so much from these Facebook groups. I really do. And, and, you know, for some people it's, you know, it's just not for them, you know, the, the whole Facebook thing, maybe the social media thing, it's just not for them. And they can't necessarily separate the personal from the business, but for me, um, I, I don't necessarily have, you know, kind of one person I look up to in the POD world because it's kind of this, you know, amalgamous <laughs> grouping of yeah, you've, people. You've assimilated yes. different pieces of advice. Exactly. Yeah. And it's yeah. been invaluable. Yeah, uh, you know, absolutely. Very, that's a very, uh, it, it, it kind of cheats the question again, but it's, it's, <laughs> I can't understate it, you know, or I can't overstate it. Sure. Um, you know, because it's been so important. And so if you're not in our Facebook group, printondemandcast.com slash Facebook. But I mean, we're just one of hundreds yeah. of print on demand Facebooks and or print on demand Facebook <laughs> POD groups that can can help you get further in your business. And it has been, like I say, invaluable yeah. to me in so many different ways. Yeah, absolutely. So and again, like Travis said, of course, you know, printondemandcast.com slash Facebook. Facebook is a a group you can start, uh, but that's why we wanted to, to start a group because we understand the right. value of, of a community of people coming together and sharing their insight. Um, and you, you might, you if you're listening and you're part of the Facebook group and you think, oh, I should post this to Facebook group. And then you think, well, do you know, maybe people already know that, or maybe mm. I shouldn't share it. I, I'm going to encourage you to, to, to just bypass the imposter syndrome. I can guarantee you 
someone in the group needs to hear what you need to say or will glean value from mm -hmm. what you have or to your, offer or your question or your question. Mm -hmm. There's no, like, honestly, the, the saying is there's no such thing as a dumb question, but honestly, what questions you have, you don't know the kind of conversation it could spark the answers you could get the, yep. the answers that you don't even expect to have that will give you some out of the box approaches yeah. that will solve the solute, solve the issue yeah. that, that you're looking to solve. So I'll say one other thing. Yeah. I think going to conferences also oh my gosh. has been incredible. For, yes. I mean, obviously I, we hosted one for three yeah. years. Yeah, 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 it was yeah. Incredible. And I would also go to a lot of them. We'd yeah. to, and we've talked about our yeah. escapades, <laughs> you know, and, and I mean, the knowledge that you gain being in a, you know, a trade show full of machines that do the thing that you do, even if, even if you're, you know, not producing, just going and understanding those things and, yeah. and understanding the possibilities of the things that these things can print. Yeah. It's very well worth it. If it ever comes anywhere within a, you know, hour or two radius of your, your hometown or wherever yeah. you live, man, go, it's, just yeah, go. And most so, of them are free. So worth it. And I can tell you, you know, I've, I've learned, more in the hallways and after hours events than almost <laughs> at the events themselves yeah. when you're making conversation or you get a chance to ask questions from again people who are succeeding in the industry that you want to be a part of and you get to kind of just sit there i we we have a mutual friend or acquaintance he plays poker with us his <laughs> name is ray mm. and uh, you know he he talked about the fact that he got to go to dinner with Tom Brady yeah. and his boss at the time, <coughs> Ray's boss at the time, because he was selling water toys, like jet skis and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I asked him, what did you ask Tom Brady? And he said, well, he's willing to talk about football. But I realized when I'm at the table with two people who are multimillionaires and successful in business, I just listen mm -hmm. and ask smart questions. So that's why like, being in the context of, of those uh, trade shows, you get a chance to be in, in, in the room with people who are successful at the business you want to be successful at, and you get a chance to ask questions that even a Q&A facilitated right. type of event at those trade shows, you get to ask deeper questions, buy them a drink, buy yeah. them dinner, get to know them, and you get to really glean from their knowledge. So again, and, you know, I'm, I'm super excited. I haven't been to a trade show in a long time, which I'm really looking forward to ISS and Long Beach mm -hmm. just to be around people and be around the industry and, and get to meet and make new acquaintances. And hopefully you listening, if you're in the area or you're willing to, to make it, we'd love to see you. We'd love to, to, to buy you a drink and, and yeah. get to know you guys. And, and uh, I'm talking to you, Ohio state, Donnie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I remember your handle. I'm not calling you. You don't have to come if you don't want to, but um, so Travis, let's, let's, uh, let's pretend that we're in a, a Marvel universe movie. <laughs> and, and of course, there's a multiverse, right? Of so there's, there's always a multiverse, parallel universes. Let's say that someone uh, somehow took you out of your current timeline and, <coughs> trend, and just ripped you out of it and put you in a timeline where you lost all of your contacts hmm. and you had to start all over. What would you do first? Hmm. Um, I think Young said it. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, he said research. And I think that's, you know, step one, yeah. research what if, if I'm going back into print on demand, which I feel like, um, you know, I have a lot of knowledge in that. So I probably would. Um, I think, you know, I would research, I would hire a designer or two, yeah. I would very quickly create some Google spreadsheets that would organize all of my listings that I wanted to create, I would buy um, a copy of, I would get a subscription to placeit.net. Yep. I would get a subscription Huge. to, uh, I, I would probably buy some mockups from creative market. I would, uh, there's a, a really cool bulk. It's called, it's called bulk mockup. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's a Photoshop plugin that you can, if, if there, if the thing has a smart object, you can literally do it. It just, speeds up your mock-up making yeah. creating process. And I mean, because a lot of these things take time, you sure. know, they take a human interaction. You can't, you know, automate, automate it to the way that I would want it to be automated. Um, and so any type of automation, I would, I would immediately jump on. Yeah. I would really focus on organize organization. Just like I said earlier, I would obviously get my business license and, you know, all of those things, do all of that, treat it like a business, yeah. uh, quickly get my amazon.com uh, account immediately start uh, trying to sell merchant fulfilled products, 
downloading reports, seeing what's selling, immediately jump into FBA as quickly as possible with the, one, the ones that are selling better um, to create that, that, um, that sales velocity that Amazon lights to then yeah. they push up your products, man. I mean, and I think it's, you know, it's so, yes, I, I think, uh, I think I could, you know, kind of jump in there really quick. I think I would get on that really fast. And then I think at some point I would be going, I would be going down the route of, um, you know, trying to get clients to create websites yeah. for, to then fulfill yeah. for, uh, you know, much like we've talked about and you talked about, sure. you know, on your, on your episode, we'll return the tables on you. Thanks. So, yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot yeah. that I would do right off the bat. Awesome. I think, I mean, <coughs> your answer is much more thorough than mine. Well, you know, well, I mean, how the turntables have turned. Uh, but thank you, man. Thank my, you, Michael Scott. My, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so we're going to go to uh, one of our favorite questions to ask people. You know, the, the the crystal ball question. And we have established and determined that it is a turban. It is a turban. They were, and that's not – oh, kill the board. <laughs> you need to decline that. I do. You need to decline that. <laughs> and we have determined – that it is a uh, turban that they wear. Mm -hmm. And that's not cultural appropriation. That's just a fact. They wear a turban, uh, What you know, the fortune tellers. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you had to be a fortune teller mm -hmm. and you had to look in your crystal ball, what do you think the future of print on demand is? I don't think anybody that's ever listened to our podcast is, I mean, at least for the last few weeks, is going to think that this is like, everybody knows my answer. I think, um, <laughs> I think that the, you know, the rich will continue to get richer as far as like, you know, and what I mean by that is like the print of, we, you know, on, on the, a, a recent episode of, uh, the print on demand cast, we had a point of interest where we talked about all yeah. the funding that was coming into print on yeah. demand. Print on demand is exploding. Huge. Um, and so Huge. I think that the rich will get richer. They will continue to expand and become the, the Walmarts and the Amazons of the print yeah. on demand space. The conglomerates. Yep. But I also think that, um, you know, people like you and me that have, you know, smaller print on demand shops will continue to, um, you know, as we continue to focus on our business and stay in our lane and, and, and really dial in our processes, yeah. dial in our, our, you know, our, our offerings, if you will, uh, what we actually are going to become experts in. Yeah. Um, I think that, um, we will continue to also see success because I think there is a certain segment of the population that wants to continue to buy regional, buy local, um, and have a relationship, you know, and, and I can't say it enough guys. And I know we're in an industry. E-commerce is not inherently relational, no. but I think if you can figure out a way to make relationship a priority in your business, some way, some shape or form, it could be with your e-commerce customers. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's, such a thing as an email list that you can, sure. you know, nurture relationship with people. It could be, again, like the way I'm going is more the local in my yeah. community route. Yeah. If you can nurture those relationships, you will be successful in any business you do. Yeah. Um, the better you are at relationships, the better your business will be. Sure. I think that um, that is a tried and true statement. And I think that, you know, many people that are way more successful than either of us would probably agree with that. Yeah. If you can foster those relationships, you can, you know, really increase your business. So to answer your question, um, I think relationships will continue to be key for the smaller people. But I think also those conglomerates will kind of, you know, take over a large segment of sure. this because print on demand ain't going anywhere. It's no. only getting bigger. Yep, absolutely. 100%. Travis, how was it having the tables turned on you i was a hot seat it was good you know i mean um i think i talk a lot <laughs> but you know that's okay you talked well, a lot we last both time. talk a lot that's why we have a podcast <laughs> that's why we have a podcast <laughs> exactly. that's why we have a mic sitting here and we're looking at a screen <laughs> yeah no, yeah that's exactly why it was uh, fun we, though we just, yeah no it's a good time i think it's fun for us it's fun for the listener as well to kind of get to know us as well like i said if you're a new listener you're kind of learning a little bit more about your hosts mm -hmm. if you're a long time listener uh, you're learning where we've come and where the fast forward the button is. One, and where the fast forward button <laughs> 15 seconds, 15 seconds, 15 seconds. You didn't even hear what an NFT was because you fast forwarded <laughs> through it. But whether you fast forwarded or whether you didn't, we have to thank you once again for listening. As always, 
Uh, Travis and I greatly appreciate you guys pressing the download button, pressing the play button, leaving five-star reviews, whatever it is that you do. Thank you guys so much for doing it. And as always, if you want to get in on the conversation, if you know what the hell an NFT does or what it actually is supposed to do, or did you sell one for any monetary value? Ten bucks. Ten bucks. Yeah. Printondemandguest.com slash Facebook. If you have questions for Travis, you have questions for myself, we would love to hear from you guys. It's always fun to see when people post or ask questions. Uh, and it's fun to offer our, you know, an answer just to interact with you guys in general. So please, as always, printondemandcast.com slash Facebook. Or if you don't like Facebook or you don't have social media or whatever the case may be, you mm-hmm. can also reach us info at printondemandcast.com. That's our direct email. I have to shout out Christopher Kretz. Is that his yeah. name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in the episode when I was in the hot seat, I we had a little apparel rant mm-hmm. about supplementable trucker hats. Right. And Chris was kind enough to send us a little link. And to a to a supplier that I have since applied uh, for an account with, and waiting with bated breath for the approval <laughs> because I need those hats. <laughs> so, Chris, thank you so much for reaching out and taking advantage and and reaching out to us. Uh, invaluable man, you have no idea how helpful that is. So, thank you guys. Thank you, Chris. Not you guys. You, Chris, for doing that. Uh, again, if you uh, are listening to this on the Apple Podcast, please. Leave us a five-star review and rating, and maybe you'll get a T-shirt. Uh, <clears throat> but we really want to hear from you guys. <clears throat> want to know what you think. Any feedback is valuable. Mm-hmm. Even if you hate the daily dad jokes, you're yeah. wrong, but we'll listen to your advice. <laughs> uh, so whatever, but make sure it's just five stars. Uh, it helps us, <laughs> helps the algorithm, <clears throat> and helps us get in front of more people that need to know this this information and would find it valuable. Or of, co- of course, wherever podcasts are, the POD cast is for you as well. And finally, the easiest way to support the show, printondemandcast.com slash shop. Pick up a shirt. Uh, If you're sick of us doing this kind of thing with one microphone, (laughs) there's only one way to fix it. And that is to pick up a shirt so that we can find better equipment, maybe even build out a studio. We don't know. We have plans Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of cool ideas. We just need the fundage to do it. So anything you spend there is reinvested into the show 100%. So Travis, anything else before we put a ball on this and wrap this thing up? No, we've gone long enough. We certainly have. It was fun, though. It was. No, I enjoy this. Yeah. I, it's Thanks for interviewing me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for allowing me to be You're on the Print on Demand cast. interview. And yes, the people who referenced you will get five stars themselves. <laughs> because you were, in fact, a great interview. So everybody, for Joe's, for Travis, I'm Josiah. We'll see you next time right here on the Print on Demand cast. See ya. Hey, babe, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. We hope you enjoyed the Totally Tubular show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at printondemandcast.com. Want to be wicked nice? Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next time for sure. Welcome to the Pernanda Mancast, where we are waiting on Josiah as his in the bathroom right around the corner where he did not shut the door. <laughs> yeah, just waiting on Josiah because that's kind of kind of the story of my life. Yeah, that's, that's just how it works here in the Pernanda Mancast. <laughs>